0: Hi, this is Susie McGrath. I pay Tam Ryvor in Star
1: Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar.
2: Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is the Season 1 review of The Mandalorian. Uh, It's hard to believe we've we've made it. Uh, We have completed an entire season of a live-action Star Wars series for the first time, and uh, so many people, I can tell, have enjoyed it that aren't even Star Wars fans. Uh, So maybe some people like that are listening here and are looking forward to some insight. And it's not just me. I am... Extremely happy and honored to be joined by some guests today. We have got from Jam Transmissions, Peter and Eden are on the line with us. Hi, guys.
1: Hey, how's it going, man?
0: Hi, real, real happy. Is this my first time being a guest? On, I think it is. On somebody else's show? I think oh, so. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I think it is. Yeah, I just realized. I've never done... You guys have... You and Josh have been on a couple other shows, but I have not.
1: Yeah, this is the first time yeah. that we've been on Radio Descartes. I've been yeah. looking forward to it, man. Thank you for having us.
2: Yay. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you for uh, for coming on. Um, I was... You know, really appreciative that you had me on your show back in July
0: yeah. of uh,
2: 2019. Hard to believe it's been that long. <laughs> um, but I, I, I kept promising I would return the favor and have you on, and it uh, seemed like the perfect time because I know you guys were enjoying The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, and there's so much to talk about with what happened and what we hope happens. Um, but before we do that, um, for the I'm sure we know that we have some mutual listeners to both shows, but for people who may not be familiar with yours, um, tell us a little bit about your podcast.
1: Well, Jam Transmissions is basically just a podcast born of a deep love of Star Wars between me and my buddy Josh, and also we have Eden as well on the show, and we just talk about everything, literally everything that comes out with Star Wars. We love the books, we love the animation, the video games, wouldn't you agree, Eden? It's just... Mm -hmm. A whole big old mess of Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, we keep it real informal. And uh, that's basically all it is, man. Just a weekly show. We've been doing it for a little over a year now. We're, we're coming up on our 60th episode.
0: They started and, recording uh, in a car after work yeah. on an iPhone. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I was not involved at that point, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, we just, we just eat up everything that you can do on Star Wars. And if you guys want to check that out, it's just jamtransmissions.com. That'll get you started.
2: Awesome. And it it is a great show. I like how broad you are with your topics. You know, on this show, I've tried to focus on, you know, resistance and the Mandalorian and to do the occasional book review or whatever. But I love your your comic discussions and uh, games and uh, the story you told about uh, getting a deal on action figures. You know, I, I like to hear more of that from you guys. And that's really cool.
1: Oh uh, well trust me, I'm always buying action figures, so you'll hear you'll hear more of those stories, no doubt. You, I, I did figure an out where you target.
2: Went. <laughs> well, I figured out where you got that deal that day, but I'm not gonna tell.
1: Oh yeah, keep my secret safe, man. Keep it That's right.
0: <laughs> You're all very welcome about that. Actually, so they switched over all the Christmas stuff to um, Valentine's Day and we actually need to go tomorrow and search like the store for there were star wars toys left before they switched to valentine's day where did they go and are they half off yet <laughs>
1: clearance isle does the best kind of figures to buy
0: yeah <laughs> need to go hunting for them i want that actually sparking at, this,
2: <laughs> at this undisclosed uh location i i went there and they had like all the galaxy of adventures figures like 70 percent off
0: yeah, so I, got, yeah. The, I they, got the whole
2: collect yeah.
0: Ours have still only been about 30% off. And I'm I'm like, but no one is obviously no one is buying these and it's time to get the toys out of the way so people can buy hearts and roses and chocolates. So I'm, I'm hoping for that 70% deal.
1: Yeah, let me tell you guys, don't sleep on grocery stores. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Grocery stores have what you need.
0: They do. <laughs>
2: um yes, they do. Uh i remember when i was a kid uh, like they'd have like one little section most grocery stores did mm-hmm. and you might be able to find a figure here and there but yeah what they do now is pretty awesome for finds like this
0: <laughs> yeah they get got, now, like um, little pop-up uh displays like they, like you go to a grocery store and you see a pop-up display for this new peanut butter or this new cereal and like now they've got pop-up displays for star wars toys and frozen toys and i am all about it
2: definitely adds to the list of places to go to check out, um, what's new. Now, an- another thing that's awesome about you guys, you are relatively local to me. Uh, and we talked about it on your show. Um, uh, once you mentioned where, where you're from and all that.
1: Yeah, we are based in central Kentucky. We almost always, uh, record in Lexington, Kentucky and, uh, yeah, it's uh, lots of sec love with our buddy Doug over here. I, I know that, uh, A lot of people that follow you on Twitter also know that uh, you're a big fan of the Tennessee Volunteers and that. And so we share a love of sports and that and kind of the same area. Uh, But yeah, based out of central Kentucky.
2: I I do have one good Lexington story to tell you. Um, (laughs) I moved. uh, I used to live in Arizona and this was about 16, 17 years ago. And we already had Chipotle out there and I got hooked on it. But when I moved back home to Tennessee in 2004, there were none around. <laughs> uh, we actually didn't get one in Knoxville till 2010. Huh. But I heard that Lexington had one. Oh, yeah. And more than once, I actually drove the distance. <laughs> uh, it's on Man of War, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, I, yeah more than once I stopped there just because it was the closest one to me.
1: That's unbelievable. (laughs) You know, I've honestly considered and this is this is way more intense than that. I haven't done it yet, but I have considered just making the drive uh, to Philadelphia because I have actually had Philly cheesesteaks from Philadelphia now. And I like the nine hour drive is a cheese is a sandwich or a burrito worth a nine hour drive.
0: They're like they're like nothing else.
1: I think I think it's I think it's worth it, man. So I understand completely. (laughs) Food is a power, powerful motivator.
2: And that's actually on my list: is to go get a, r- a real Philly.
1: Oh yeah, we we got to talk, man. We got to talk.
0: Yeah, and you have to get um, real cannolis.
1: Yeah, while you're around there too. Yeah, right, right down the street from the two biggest ones. Yeah, yeah, Geno's and Pat's.
2: <laughs> are, are those the ones that are across the street from each other? Yeah, yeah. You
1: uh, you can just walk uh, walk from one to the other.
2: A good friend of mine, um, Alex. Uh, he uh, was on, he went went to Tulsa University, and he was on the. Um, like the uh, production crew that videoed uh, the football games. So when they played at temple, he told me about going to the, uh, I can't remember which one, but he went to one with some friends and then the other half of the group went across the street.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, man, You got to get it with a cheese whiz. Believe me, it it sounds ridiculous, but that's the way that's the way this is the way.
2: That's what I was told that. Yes. Yes. I've told cheese whiz is the way. (laughs) Um, so perfect time for a segue um let's get into the mandalorian um so i mean we got some different things to talk about but just give your overall impression of season one
0: i i loved it i was really impressed um it wasn't anything like i expected um there there just wasn't so much happened but so little happened on screen like it's like a it's so much like a Western where like the landscapes are very sparse and there aren't a ton of characters. Um, Most of them don't even have names and you just, you get like, it's like they took the minimum of what they would need to tell the story and then made it perfect. And that that's what we got. And I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's how I feel about it. Like it's not a cluttered show. It's, it's, Really condensed, but in a really perfect, like organic way. I loved it.
1: Yeah, same here. I I was kind of blown away by it because yeah. I, I went into it knowing that I was going to love it. I you know just because of the time period.
0: I didn't know. See, I'm not a huge Mandalorian fan, yeah. and I like some people are. I'm not one of those Boba Fett lovers, you know. And I'm I don't love the Mandalorian arcs of Clone Wars. They're they're not my favorites. Like I like. I like Clone Wars and I like those, but I don't, it's not my favorite. So I wasn't like, Oh, I know I'm going to love this show. I was like, it's Star Wars. So I'm going to love it. But yeah, I I didn't feel like you did about it, but now I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I got to say, uh, it it kind of, while I kind of had an idea of what I was going to get, it completely did a 180 on me right from the, from the get go. And, uh, you know what? I, I loved it. And from beginning to end, I was extremely satisfied. And I guess that's Mm -hmm. kind of my overall impression of season one, the best.
2: (laughs) And I I agree. Um, I I was really looking forward to it as soon as they announced it, mainly because I, I was glad it was being set after the events of return of the Jedi. So we were going to get our first glimpse immediately after in the live action about, you know, what's the new Republic up to what's the state of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And we get that on a really personal level, Uh, you know, other than the one episode, we don't really see the new Republic itself. Mm. So that's something I was looking forward to. And I think we got that, that really great. I kind of wondered how many settings they would do. I mean, you can tell over the course of the production that they did a lot of redressing of the sets to, for the different planets, but the fact they, you know, it was spread out way more than I expected to, uh, with the different planets they went to and, even when they went back and just the character growth they gave us over the season. That was really pleasing.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that that was also very, very pleasing. And, and the fact that, you know, based on what you were talking about, we wanted to know what the world, what the galaxy was up to uh, after the fall of the empire, like right in that point and seeing it on the, not the big screen. Well, it depends on how big your screen is, I guess, but (laughs) uh, anyways, like the, the fact is though, that we didn't really see that much about the new Republic. In fact, we pretty much stuck around the outer rim and saw how it was affecting everyone else. Once the empire had to withdraw and and stuff like that. And just the little sects that were still uh, peppering the outer rim here and there. And I thought that that was extremely fascinating from uh, something that we wouldn't expect. We'd want to, Get right into the meat and potatoes of it. But yeah, absolutely blown away.
2: Good point. Um, it, it, before we move on to really specific questions, it, did you have any other overall thoughts on it? No
1: no i, I think okay. overall that's uh pretty much the general spread because I, I can get into characters and episodes all day long and it's just overall it, just a very satisfying show i thought that it was uh really incredible how as you said in the very beginning that it brought people that were what i guess if you want to call them casual star wars fans you know the the everyday people that aren't aren't crazy like us that have seen the movies you know what i mean and that's it mm-hmm. and uh it, it, it brought them in in full force. Like I had people at work coming up to me all the time being like, Hey, did you see the new episode of Mando? And these are people that I've never talked to about star Wars in my entire career. And it's, it's fascinating. It, it has uh members of my family and it uh, that, you know, coming to me in the same way that wouldn't that know I love star Wars, but that's just, that's Pete's crazy hobby that he's obsessed with. You know what I mean? And, but no, like week to week, we're talking about it. It brought everybody in. And I think that says a lot about the show.
2: It really does. Um, I think that was a brilliant move on Disney's part to have that as one of its anchor shows. Because a lot of tons of people got Disney Plus, And I've talked to people at work and, you know, family members as well. Talking about, oh, you know, we watched this that we haven't seen in years. And, you know, all the movies and shows that are on there. It always leads to the mandalorian and people want to talk yeah it always does
0: and it's always it's a great way for me to to spread the word and the love (laughs) of star wars because i can say to people oh it's on disney plus like have you heard of this new show it's on disney plus oh i have disney plus like well yeah one how have you not heard of this show and seen advertisements for it it's everywhere on disney plus Um, but then it's it's star wars that they can get into that's not just oh we go to the theater every few years and watch a star war like it's it's (laughs) It's really good.
2: Plus, it's really like a gateway um, because, you know, people talk, oh, I, I love this, but, you know, I didn't understand why this was happening. Well, all you have to do is tell them all the other shows are on Disney+. Plus. You just go to the Star Wars yeah. section and those animated ones, that will explain stuff. So, you know, you guys know that I, my son, uh, little Han, and I love the Freemaker Adventures. Mm-hmm. Seeing so many people tweeting about they just discovered it. Because they right. didn't know it, about it, and now it's on there. So, yeah, it's introduced them to all this other stuff that helps fill in the blanks.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing, and especially for the people that had a lot of questions, like when they saw Solo at the end of Solo, um, <laughs> you can just be like, now instead of being like, "Hey, you got to go get the DVDs or the Blu-rays," no, yeah. no, you can just hop on.
0: Oh, you've got Disney Plus. Yeah. you can you can find out everything about Mall. Everything. Let, let
1: me let me get you give you a list too, like here, and it's just <laughs> as easy as that. It's really great, great for everybody.
0: And that's the end of your Disney Plus commercial for today.
1: (laughs) Yes, They'll be paying me later, (laughs) I hope.
2: (laughs) In amazing content. Hey, Clone Wars Season 7 is just about a month away.
1: So ready, so excited. There's always something amazing to look forward to in Star Wars. It's it's just such a great time to be a fan.
2: It is. Um, So what was your favorite single episode of season one?
1: I think I'll go first on this one. Um, My favorite episode was number two, the child. Um, And that comes from a place of nostalgia for me. And I I tweeted about this and I talked about it on jam transmissions, but I think that you, Doug were one of the only people that kind of really responded to me about this, but we played the game super star Wars on the super Nintendo. And whenever din was climbing and if i keep calling him mando that's just because i've called him that nonstop. stop but when din was call, uh, climbing the sand crawler and they kept throwing him off to the ground and he had to shoot at him and avoid everything it just reminded me of that of all those horrible horrible hours i spent playing that that game uh which i've recently picked up again because of mando but um it wasn't even just that uh i gotta say the way that the story was being told in the child was kind of fascinating from an artistic standpoint because the silence in in the uh i want to call it the vocals but in in the uh dialogue the silence was telling more of the story than words ever could just the way that a helmeted figure was looking at a puppet you know and the way that they were looking around and there was more just this the certain way that kaweel would speak He's not a man of many words either. So you combine that with with that Ugnot, I'm telling you, like that was just a fascinating episode. And it's the one that I probably put on the most.
0: My answer is the same. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. <laughs> episode two. Episode two is my favorite. Um, like my my favorite moment is uh with the mudhorn. Yeah. And I mean, that's what hit me the strongest when I think about watching each episode for the first time. There were a lot of times where I like literally gasped or like threw my hands over my face or like looked at Peter like, oh my God, this just happened. Is this actually real? Is this really happening? This is canon now. <laughs> and that that's the biggest one. The, 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 little, the little tiny, little tiny clawed hand up with the mud horn. Oh, yeah. And force and uh, rebuilding the ship. And... And uh, the Mandalorian doesn't, he doesn't say a lot in the episode. There, yeah. like, There's not a ton of dialogue, but um, he goes through a lot of different emotions, actually. Yes. A lot more than in other episodes. He gets so frustrated with those Jawas. He tries to burn some Jawas alive. He he disappears some Jawas with his rifle. Um, he gets real <laughs> attached to to the child. He has to go and ask for help from kuyo Like, there's so much... Uh,
1: how about that furry, nasty, muddy... Suka! Suka! I love that. <laughs> Suka.
0: That's also one of my favorite things ever yeah. <laughs> in Star Wars.
1: How about you, Doug?
2: Um, I'm going to go one up. I'm going to go to episode three. Nice. Uh, um, just, yeah, I mean, you, you talked about his emotions in episode two just that one scene where he gets back on the ship and he's going to collect his next bounty. Yeah. And then it just zooms in on his helmet. As you can tell what he's thinking that I got to go back and get the child. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, everybody's talked about how great Deborah Chow is. Um, and I'm so glad she's doing Kenobi. Um, but, you know, just the way she directed the emotion of that. And like you say, without a lot of, a lot of dialog all anytime, <clears throat> But between that and then the action of storming the compound, to g- taking out the stormtroopers to get them back. And it's probably um, maybe my favorite set piece of the season, too, is when the Mandalorians show up to help them against the bounty hunters. Oh, yeah. I I I kind of expected that to happen at some point in the series, but not in the third episode.
0: Right. It was so soon. Blew I, me had, away. I had no idea. Like I was sitting there with my mouth like gaping yeah. open in shock, like this is really happening. Yeah, <laughs> there are you, live action Mandalorians all over the screen. <laughs>
1: I threw my hands up and my jaw actually hit the floor. Like it was <laughs> it was incredible. It's it's what we've always dreamed of. Like I, we talked with a exactly. lot of people about uh, doing that with our action figures, m- making Boba Fett fly with his with his jetpack and having them fly around. And if you had two Bobas. You know, the, the, it's just, you, we imagined it. It's the world that we imagined and it's not, it's not pure fan service. It's just really, really entertaining and giving us what we like, (laughs) you know, not necessarily what we want, feeding the fans what they want. They know what we like. Mm -hmm. And even the stuff that we don't know that we like, they show it to us sometimes Mm -hmm. that's masterful, incredible.
2: Yeah. It's what we like, but it also, it makes sense. I mean, John Favreau, you know, if you follow star Wars, you know, he was the voice of a Mandalorian on the clone wars. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. And it, it, we, we, sh- yeah, we should have thought about it that, yeah, this is how <laughs> he was going to go with it. Um, he was yeah, the to get ultimate that, fan. <laughs> really was. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a little bit of clone wars re- rewatch. I forgot how many episodes he was actually in. Mm-hmm. So he is no stranger to this.
1: Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun to go back. Um, especially Once you get to the end of the season one finale of Mandalorian to really just go back and comb through all of the Mandalorian lore that we got in and not only Clone Wars, but also in Rebels. Like Mm -hmm. it was the first thing I did. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, there's just so much to dive into. And I have told people, you know, you've got probably nine, ten months you've got plenty of time to watch watch these you need to do it right
0: yeah you can rewatch the mandalorian plenty of times but you can also watch all the clone wars episodes with mandalorians mm-hmm. yeah
2: um so let's move on who uh, well i was going i was going to ask your favorite character D- do i if it is do, well i was going to say if it is din Djarin or the child <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but, but <laughs> kind of looking for you know okay let's do that can a, we pick favorite a main character and f- <laughs> Yes, and favorite secondary. Okay,
1: you go first on this one, Eden.
0: Oh boy, uh, my favorite is the Mandalorian, <laughs> Din Djarin. I love him. Uh, it's, he's just, he, he changes so much. Yeah. Um I love that flawed character that he's he's not a good guy and he's not a bad guy. He's But he's doing good things. But sometimes he does bad things like burn stormtroopers alive in order to protect this child. <laughs>
2: And terrifying yeah yeah that was really <laughs> awful
0: like that's my least favorite moment of the entire series actually um he is definitely definitely my favorite um i have to pick a second yeah i love the jawas like as a whole the jawas in their their sand crawler with like dinjarin in the sand crawler hitting his head that that is
2: <laughs>
0: that's another reason i love that episode i i my favorite, my second favorite character is the, uh, definitely the Jawa that holds the egg and just sh- cuts, cuts the top off. <laughs> Suka! Like, that's my favorite. I'm going to cosplay that Jawa holding that egg in a knife. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Gosh. so fun? Just yeah. run around yelling Suka.
1: Suka! <laughs> I'll do it. Do it. Here, I'll go next. Um, my favorite character was uh, from the first time that I saw him, Kawil. Hands down, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's absolutely fascinating. His character and the fact that what is he about three lifetimes, three human lifetimes old? Yes, um, worked his way out of servitude, and um, I just thought he was a really neat character. Just how he stood by his convictions all the time, like you know, like well, you don't know, but like it would be pretty cool to go, you know, gallivanting around the galaxy with Din, but. Uh, no he's like no i don't want to owe you anything i don't want to work with anyone i just want to do what i want to do like i'll help you fix your ship
0: because that's what i want to do because i want
1: to Mm -hmm. yeah um as far as a second favorite um i thought about this today because i actually played a little bit of wookiee hooky from work and i just sat around and watched some mando um i was really struck once again by cara dunes character um i think that I don't know what it is, but I really just like the 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 strong characters, mm-hmm. and that goes across video games, anime, everything. I've always just liked the really strong characters,
0: like Barrett's your favorite in Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that,
1: stuff like that. Um, I don't know, like she's also just living the way that she wants to, very similar to Kuwiel. Yeah. Um, what about you, Doug? Who who stood out most of all to you?
2: My favorite overall is Moff Gideon.
1: Oh
0: wow! I,
2: I I love Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, I've, I've talked about it uh, like when I did that emergency broadcast. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, he, of course he's Gus Fring, but I mean, he was on Revolution. He was on Once Upon a Time. He he he's such a great actor. And then when when you find out he's going to be on the show, and he describes his character as a um, Badass mofo,
0: <laughs> yeah, like he, he is. <laughs> you like, thought, he okay. is the baddest mofo on the Mandalorian show. Like, he is that like you thought it's like when Thrawn was introduced in Rebels, and you're like, oh my god, things mm-hmm. I thought they were as worse as they could get, but they just got so much worse. Like, when Moff Gideon showed up, that was it.
2: And you, you. Th- because he's introduced in Episode 7, you think, oh, he's the bi- the final boss or the big bad of this season and that he's going to be taken care of. You know, <laughs> they they showed, they showed the sequence in the TIE Fighter in the trailer. So, he thought, okay, he's going to – that's where he dies. But not only does he survive, to, and he's probably going to be the villain of the series. Right. But he's, he's ISB. He's Imper- Imperial Security Bureau. And he knows everything about them. Like uh, Gina Carano just uh, like uh, reposted it on her Instagram. The scene where he's just standing there saying their full Mm -hmm. names and what, and where they're from. I mean, he is so sinister. So Mm -hmm. sinister.
1: He's very terrifying. Like, um, and and I think that that's because he is an unhinged character. I think like he's very much in control of what he's doing, but and tell me if you disagree, but I think he's a complete psychopath. (laughs)
2: no he's probably yes
1: he's he's absolutely (laughs) terrifying and i think at this point once somebody finally up like uh one-upped him uh at this point like he's gonna be completely obsessed you're so right in in
0: season two he's he's gonna he's gonna go unhinged and just like on a rampage going after after mando scary yeah and can you imagine like who is in charge of, of moff gideon who could it be could it be anyone that we know Who's who's giving him orders? Because he want. I mean, he wants the child for his own reason, and he's a moth. so he's kind of at the top, right? But, but who
1: in that sector probably?
0: But the the um, I mean, Palpatine is gone at this point, sort of,
1: sort of, right?
0: Like, <laughs> like he's.
2: But but yeah, is there still an overlying yeah uh, old Imperial boss still in not? In the unknown regions. Yeah, I see where you're going with yeah. that. Hmm. we may find out.
1: Do you have a second favorite character?
2: It, not so much the character, but I loved Carl Weathers' performance nice. as Grief Karga. Uh, I mean, he's he's just a great dude. Anyway, I mean i I watched the Rocky movies mm-hmm. as a kid, and you know, Predator, and. Uh, I've only seen Happy Gilmore like once, but Peter says um, all these <laughs> things
0: every single time we watch The Mandalorian. He he gushes about Carl Weathers. The same things that you're saying.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I was doing that earlier today. Just and, and honestly, if we were going to go to three, he would have been my number three, Grief Carga, because uh, just for all the reasons that you're saying, man, he's such an interesting. I don't know. He's like an '80s action hero in Mando. You know,
2: he is, <laughs> and and he had such range in the, like the way he played it. You know, Episode One, he's more. Oh, just like the slick guy giving out the, the bounties Mm -hmm. by episode three, you know, you can tell he's trying to, he's got his own agenda Not that he's necessarily double crossing den, but you know, he's got his own purpose there, but you know, because of what happens in episode seven being healed Mm -hmm. by eight you know it gets to the point where he does the baby do the magic hand thing and i'm like this <laughs> guy is awesome
1: i think my favorite line from G- grieve cargo was ah he's gonna eat me
0: we're <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like he's being slowly poisoned to death because of these flying desert dragon creatures and he's like oh my god this tiny green thing's gonna eat me Her, please calm down <laughs>
2: Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, he was so good. So yeah, I, I that, that's my picks. Nice. Um, so what was? Oh, we could split it up. Uh, what I had it had it down as your favorite shocking moment, or like the moment where you're like, oh my god, um, but or you could just say also well, what's your just favorite moment of this season?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, without you know, without any doubts, I think the most shocking moment for me was. Seeing Baby Yoda for the first time, nobody saw that coming. Uh, but I think that's like the obvious answer. Um, I want to say the Mandalorians arri- arriving via jetpack, like we were talking about before. That was kind of like th- a big shock for me. Um, but this, I don't know. Th- this is kind of one. It, it's probably a little different from what you're asking, but in in Chapter Three, you know whenever Din picks up that cam of, of Beskar after like leaving baby Yoda gets baby Yoda's getting taken in the back. Um, and he picks it up. And at that point, the title comes up the sin. And I'm, I'm thinking about the very first time that I watched this episode. I thought, Oh my God, he's going to leave him. And that's going to be it. There's going to be no more baby Yoda. Like, and I truly believed it. So at that point, the story was leading me along and I was shocked. And that just might be from my own personal perspective, but those are kind of my three moments. What, what do you guys think?
0: Can I veer off into the unknown and tell a story about Cam Tono? Yeah. Doug, do you know this story where, where the word Cam Tono came from?
2: I just saw it, but yes, please enlighten <laughs> everyone.
0: Um, so we're, the object itself is like one of those ice cream maker things, right? Like yeah. repurposed. <laughs> am, I, am I right? Yes, you're. Yeah, are. <laughs> yeah. So two years ago, there was a viral video about a a little girl. Um, she's like three, and her dad's getting her to talk. She's in her car seat, and they're talking about going to get ice cream, and that that's how she says ice cream. Camtano. Camtuno, we have to hear it. Is it okay if I play it, Doug?
2: Yeah, by all means. I ice- want
1: ice, ice cream. Camtuno. Tono.
2: Delta, eat. eat ice cream. Camtuno. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. No,
1: uh, how did you find out about this?
0: I, I don't know. I saw it on Twitter somewhere. Just <laughs> browsing Twitter for Mandalorian info. And, and like, that's, I mean, that is undeniably the source of the word cam. Don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never
0: know. Because it's related to ice cream and it's an ice cream bucket.
2: And and shout out to John Favreau for taking a running gag from Empire Strikes Back and making it such a vital thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well what about you? What was kind of the most shocking slash favorite moment for you?
2: My favorite was the Mandalorian showing up in episode three, like I talked about. Yeah. The most shocking was the Darksaber. Yeah. I I mean, and we'll talk about it we we'll talk about it more when we discuss what we like to see in season two. I expected that to happen as it's kinda of like with the Mandalorians. I expected it to happen at some point in the series, just not then.
1: Yeah.
0: Not
2: i did not expect that's
0: one
2: (laughs) right and or and the fact it was being held by moff gideon which is another reason he became my favorite character yeah the fact that he possesses this uh, this is why people need to go back and learn about the history of the dark saber and clone wars and rebels the fact he has it means that's bad news for the mandalorian people yeah
1: exactly um, were you, when you said that you were expecting to see the Darksaber, were you expecting to see it in the hands of Bo-Katan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that it's not in Bo-Katan's hands means she's either dead or in a real bad place. It, like you said, it's real bad for the Mandalorian. Like what, what's the other option for her if she's not dead at this point?
2: She's probably in prison.
0: Yeah. In an in, in Imperial prison. <laughs> or in exile. Or exile. Yeah. Exactly. Was my. I, I would like
1: that more. I would love to see her come back. I think
0: with Ahsoka and Sabine. We- <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> Rebels come comes back and it's Bogotan and Ahsoka and Sabine and they're just.
1: In. Oh, that'd be that'd be just dream come true. Yeah. material right there. Like,
0: I'm just. I got lots of cuss words that I'm excited about that i wanting to come out. So that's why I'm not saying anything. No <laughs> gonks on this episode. No <laughs> gonks. That
2: was, uh, yeah I, I don't know how to so edit that well as you guys so. <laughs> yeah we keep
1: do... a we keep a gonk droid nearby we programmed it so every time we cut he, he said
2: <laughs> yeah he does a good job
1: <laughs> what about you Eden? was there a, a moment where you were just completely shocked
0: it was when when the child used the force for the first time i already talked about that it was oh, definitely yeah. that i mean that it just like we were not expecting to see a baby a yoda baby which <laughs> baby Yoda is easier to say, but Yoda baby is more accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: did not expect to see that. But then I also did not expect to see any use of the force in this show at all.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: then bam, episode two, tiny Yoda baby using the force and doing something so powerful. Um, We rewatched a couple episodes of Clone Wars recently, and one of them uh, was, what, the ambush uh, with Yoda and his tiny team of clone troopers.
1: Oh, yeah. Season one, episode one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is season one, episode one. I love that episode. I love Yoda in that episode. It's very, very classic Yoda. Um, But he clearly puts a lot of effort um, into using the force in that episode, moving rocks, um, throwing tanks together, um, stopping rocks from falling. And the way that this just little 50 year old baby just stops that raging mud horn. Um, it's just so, so impressive.
1: It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we
0: talked about this on, on one of our episodes, but it's, it's still, it's it's stuck with me.
1: It's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. <laughs> Like, Like how
0: is he so powerful already with the force? Yes. Yeah.
1: It's just natural for him. The way that he approaches the world is different. Like, the way that that you and I might learn how to speak or learn how to read easily. He's already learning how to do uh, things. Right. He's he's one with the force a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: My second favorite moment is another Baby Yoda moment. And it's when... um, Cara Dune and the Mando think it's okay to leave him in the cockpit, <laughs> and he like oh, almost blows yes. up the ship just from pressing buttons. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it is so good.
2: Good stuff. Yeah, as a parent of two young children, I I can relate <laughs> to anything that happens in the right. Cockpit. Like he's clearly
0: learning how how to be a parent, and that that's yes. my favorite thing about this whole show is that um, like he adopts this little foundling. <laughs> it's it's so perfect. It's really good uh going back and re watching it after the last episode, after the whole clan of two and getting his signet and um their the Mando's decision in the end to keep journeying together and find his home. Um re watching it, it just gives all of their interactions so much more meaning.
2: Yeah. You made a great point about like the way he used the force which i you know going in, going into the series i didn't expect that there would be a force user i thought it was just you know the other yeah, people Yeah, bounty hunters or the, the universe <laughs> but but maybe anytime he used the force it, i just kept thinking back to freddie prince junior's rant <laughs> where he said something to the effect of you don't level up with the force yeah it, you just you just have it <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah
1: that was a great rant i love freddie yeah, prince junior
2: <laughs> he's awesome Um, so we've talked uh, about the characters and some of the actors. Um, One of the great things about the series so far has been the directors. They've chosen to do this. Um, Of course, as I mentioned, Deborah Chow is coming back to do Kenobi. Uh, Rick uh, Famuyiwa, I always hack his name, Um, he's doing some in season two. Carl Weathers is going to do in season two. Um, Who else that was involved in season one would you like to go further and do other star wars projects Hmm.
0: i want another bryce dallas howard episode Hmm. for sure
1: yeah that's uh that was gonna be mine i think um, (laughs) i I got it first well it's all good like i i mean the the obvious answer would be deborah chow for me but she's already going to be doing kenobi so i try to think who else would i rather see well obviously more dave filoni everything he touches is gold but uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, mm-hmm. I think about her episode Sanctuary and it, there was just a lot of like incredible framing in it. Like cool. whether it was like implementing those twin moons of Sorgana, like over the farmers, like while they're talking, the the framing and the panning and stuff. I don't know. It just felt like a really artfully well-made episode, mm-hmm. like the slow backward pans from Baby Yoda with like the light touching his little white hairs and yes. his ears. Yes. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, I
0: I really enjoyed her uh discussing and like social media posting about the episode too after it came out. Yeah, um, she talked about it a lot, and that that was really nice to have. Just I th- I don't know if it was an interview I heard, but she. She loved how many times they reshot the baby Yoda sipping the the soup, <laughs> like they did it in like every every way, like every emotion, every slow, fast with one hand with two hands, like they did every possible combination of that scene uh and that just of course, like that I love that,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really good stuff. She was able to pull a lot of emotion out of the actors, too. I think it was a very emotional episode where you learned more about basically din was opening up about how long it had been since anyone had actually seen his freaking face, Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know, and it's, it's powerful stuff. And I don't know, she pulled a lot out of Cara doom, pulled a lot out of, uh, I forget, I forget her name, but Winta's mother. I remember the child's name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's the director's job. Directors make the actors. I mean, they can do whatever, but I think a really good director, Makes the actor act better. That's just an opinion, though. What about you? No, oh, you're right.
2: <clears throat> I want to see Bryce Dallas Howard do the follow up with O'Mara whenever he goes back to again because you, you got to figure that's coming at some point, yeah. regardless of how long the uh, the series goes. Um, it, yeah, it was great to see Dave Filoni. I mean, he he had his cut, cut his teeth, you know, doing live action. Um, I know, you know, people tended to like. Chapter Five, the least, for the most part. But you know, it was his chance to do his own thing, and that was cool. um But you, you guys know, I'm a Taika Waititi stan. Yeah, i I would love to see him do something like uh, an entire movie. Yes, it would be. Not everybody would like it in in the Ryan Johnson kind of way, but just the way he can mix humor with action and true emotional moments. Yeah. I've got to see more of that from him.
1: I think that I agree with what you're saying there, especially in that moment where um, Din has to take off his helmet because there's emotion, there's fear, but then there's also there's the honor, but then there's, there's humor and that's right. And Mm -hmm. that's really, that's
0: very Star Wars.
1: And it doesn't seem very easy to do. So I, I like, I like your choice.
2: Eden, did you have uh, one that you want to see? The
0: same as Peter's.
2: Same as Peter's. Okay. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard,
0: And also the fact that sure.
1: she she's the only one who didn't do two, right? Family would yeah. did two. Um, Tyka. Oh yeah, Tyka. Tyka.
2: Yep. Yeah, they each got That's one. Right. They need to come back. But she did. Yes, they do. Yeah, she did a really good job. I was, <clears throat> and I talked about it when I reviewed that episode. She, you could tell that she was. Using uh, like movies she had acted in, The Village and yeah. Jurassic World, uh, you know, to display some of the action, I thought that was great. Yeah, it, it's funny enough, you know, she's the one established actor of the director group, but she's the one who didn't get a cameo.
1: Yeah, right. Interesting.
0: Maybe in season two, that would be. It. I mean, if that's now my answer for if I want a cameo in season two, it's Bryce Dallas Howard.
2: Maybe no. she was in the <laughs> ATST. <laughs> <That works>.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
2: So let's talk about season two. Um, What either are your expectations or what would you just like to see besides Bryce Dallas Howard?
1: Well, I mean, I want to see Gideon go full on crazy. Like we were talking about obsessively hunting down Din. Um, If it's about things that we would like, I feel like I could definitely answer that a little more. Uh, I want to hear Baby Yoda's first word.
0: Oh man! <laughs> Baby's first word!
1: um, I want to get more information about where he came from, and I think most of all how he got to Arvala seven in the care of those armed nictos there's a story to be told there. How did he get stolen where mm-hmm. yeah it it it's gotta be far away. I don't know there's just a i want to know stuff about that what what about you Eden what what you looking forward to in season two?
0: um more Jawas.
2: <laughs> More Succas. <laughs> hey, they're all over the place now.
0: Those Jawas, yeah. Yeah. They're spreading across the galaxy. I never knew I liked Jawas that much, but apparently I do.
1: There were a lot of big beasts in it, and I think yes, that that's kind of the become- creatures. Yeah, kind of become a big deal in Star Wars overall, even with like Resistance. And, and also like in Clone Wars with like Zillow Beasts and stuff like that. I would like to see even more big beasts in Mando, like mm-hmm. more giant crazy birds that poison you.
0: Uh-huh. And more mud horns. And those huge sea creatures, the this terrifying like walrus monsters <laughs> yeah. from yeah. episode one. Those were amazing. Yes. Like I can't tell you how many times I just like paused it and rewound just to watch them attack again. Like, yeah. They're so cool. I love Star Wars creatures. And it, it it for me it brought a little bit of the animated series, like it brought some of the love I have for the animation into the live action and um, because the creatures are some of my favorite things in, in all of the animation. And it was just really nice to have these just monstrous Star Wars creatures um, And in Mando, They
2: really did get ambitious with them on a TV
1: budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What about you, man? What do uh, what, what you expect in and, and hoping for in season two?
2: Katie Sackoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, she's been way too coy about this. I, I, I think. Wolf, uh, it, may, it may turn out to be in flashback form because, you know, they've done that already. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we'll see her as Bo Katan, either having the Darksaber taken from her and defeated, or, yes, she's in exile or somewhere like that. And that's part of his mission for Den to find her and join up with the other Mandalorians and
0: reunite the I, clan. I think that's
2: kind of where. I think that's where the series is going Mm -hmm. eventually, regardless of how long they go, that and maybe that's the choice he has to make at some point. Does he return the child to his people, which there are no Jedi, really? Yes, there's more Force-sensitive people out there, as we know. But does he have that choice? Does he say, okay, well, I can leave them with you or, you know, you come with us and we rebuild Mandalore? Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's where it's going. And I don't know if we'll see it, but I would love to see Mandalorian live action. The planet.
1: Oh yeah, that would be that would be really sick. And speaking of like leaving, uh, the little one with his kind, that's a that's an interesting way of putting it. His kind is it is mm-hmm. it the Force users or is it his species?
2: I don't think it's a species. Yeah, I think that. And I've listened to other shows where they debated that, but. I think, uh, based on what the armorer said, and we didn't even mention her. How awesome was that character? Amazing. Right. Um, but the way she, you know, she referred to them, it's like the Jedi era people are people, or our creed, like the Mandalorians are. So I think yeah. that's, I think that's what she meant as far as returning him.
1: I think I agree. I, yeah, it, it's the most plausible. Yeah.
0: I still really want to train him. <laughs> like, <laughs> please, tiny Mandalorian armor. Like, <laughs> Yes. Like, why can't you train him? Like, I thought she was going to
1: make him something.
0: Oh, he's such, a, I know he's, he's tiny, he's a baby, <laughs> but he's going to get a little bit bigger and he is going to get a lot stronger. So you could totally train him and they could have m- matching armor set.
1: I have a hard time seeing them get split up. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that once they do find another force user, I think that the force user will probably be a bad one. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I think that'd make for some good storytelling. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah,
0: because the Mandalorian wouldn't know. He wouldn't know what to expect. He, if he finds another Force user, he does he doesn't even know that there are right. different kinds and that they, you know, he has no idea. Like all all Mandalorians follow the same creed, but not all Force users.
1: Right. So I got a question for you, Doug. Um and if if you've already said this on the show, I must I must have missed that one, but who do you think um who do you think has that mysterious pair of spurred legs that we saw in, in Gunslinger?
2: I don't think it was Moff Gideon like some people believe, just because they did, it, it wasn't resolved later as far as like why he was with Finnick Shand. Right. And I I would like to think, and I can't remember the, the dude's name, but the character from the aftermath books who took Boba Fett's armor,
1: the, the and sheriff, became
2: like basically the sheriff.
1: Yeah, I can't remember his name um, either.
2: Because I mean, I don't, I don't know if like Boba himself is dead, but I think the guy wearing the armor from the books was that that person. Who do you think it was?
1: That's really interesting, and and um, my co-host Josh would agree with you. That's that's what he's hoping for as well. Um, for me, the Spurs, uh, the sound of the Spurs. I mean, I didn't see any uh, man. I'm I got my fingers crossed for Cad Bane.
2: We 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 never found out what happened right. to
1: him. I think that that would be really cool. Get another Duros in there. Um, I plus. It's a Western sci-fi.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you got to have Cad Bane.
1: That would be cool. You have to. It's a nice hat.
0: Yeah. It's a nice <laughs> hat.
1: Yeah. That's what I think. Um, I would be happy with your, your thought of the sheriff. I would also be happy with Boba. I would be happy with Cad Bane and I would be happy with um anything that they come up with, but I don't think that it's, it's Gideon. I, I don't think, no, I think it's just a cliffhanger there. And that's gonna be that's another thing that we're gonna see in season two. That's yeah, not Moff Gideon. Same.
2: Did you have a different answer? Nope. No, you said okay the same. <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs>
0: I, I don't have a different answer this time.
1: <laughs> Mr. Bain. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, cool. Um this has been a great discussion. I, I, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this this show because obviously there was a lot to talk about and we could keep going on. We but, could, um, but really appreciate you both being on uh, to talk about this and hope to, hope to have you on again yeah, in the future. Definitely. And and I would be remiss if I didn't thank you because it was the two of you who are responsible for little Han having a Gorg.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. the so nice
2: Yes. You were so nice to pick that up at Star Wars Celebration Chicago, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. It was a big hit when we got to meet some people from Resistance. That's awesome! Yeah, I
0: understand that love the love of Gorgs and the love of Resistance. Like I, I get it. I almost bought two for myself. Like (laughs) I look at it every day. It's in this little little uh, basket in my living room. And I I look at that gorg every day and I think about, I'm so glad Lil Han has one
2: too.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was definitely our pleasure. And, yeah. and we're happy that he's he's loving it too.
2: Oh, he he loves them every day. <laughs> um but before before we go, um please let everybody know where they can find each of you on social media and the things you're into.
1: Okay. How about you first, Eden?
0: Um, so I am mostly on Twitter. That's pretty much where you can find me right now at Eden Jean Gray. It's E D E N J E A N G R E Y. Um, talking about Star Wars, and uh, I follow a lot of a lot of international soccer and uh, American Major League Soccer, and um anime and video games, Pokemon Animal Crossing, <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs>
1: A whole lot of hobbies. A
0: whole lot of, of fandoms there.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. And I'm I'm on Twitter at JTPDV. Um, but if you want to if you want to check out the podcast, it's uh just go to jamtransmissions.com. That'll take you right to the pod bean or you know look us up on iTunes or anything like that. That's kind of our biggest deal right now. Uh, we also follow Twitter on that JTcom link. Uh, Instagram at jam transmissions, Facebook, YouTube, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you can talk to Josh at, at Joshua row 24 And uh, sorry, he wasn't able to make it today, but yeah, he would have had a lot to say about the Mandalorian too. But yeah. That's where you can find us.
2: Cool. Um, oh, and thank you for mentioning American soccer because I, I hope I get to see you guys in the flesh at when Nashville plays at Cincinnati this year.
1: Yes. Are you, uh, are you going to make the trip?
2: I am planning on it. It's in May, I believe. Yeah, right? I think it's May 30th.
0: Yes. Is that the one you were saying we absolutely have to go to? Yep. Is that, yes. Yes. We have to.
1: If there's one, meeting
0: we should buy tickets together. Yeah. Wait, to, yeah, wait to should. buy tickets so we can get them together.
2: Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds great. I look forward yeah. to it. Um, and, but you can um, follow me at radio to car on Twitter and Instagram. All the Radio Dakar episodes are found through Anchor.fm, the Anchor app, uh, app uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast, Spotify, just about any podcast you want. But thank you for listening. Thank you, Eden and Peter, for joining me. It was a blast. I cannot wait for season two of The Mandalorian. But until next time, everybody, may the force be with you.
1: It may be, the may the force be with all of you.
2: <laughs> Always. <laughs> I said it weird.
1: <laughs>